Hi guys, welcome to another episode of On The Bat Bar Podcast, joined by me, Christopher Manning. Today's guest, we have Dino Moncrief. He is the Global Brand Ambassador for Don Julio Tequila, and we're really having him on to celebrate last week's Margarita Day. So uh, Dino is a pretty fantastic guy. He's been with Don Julio for about a decade now, and uh, he, he's sort of another tequila guru who just knows everything, essentially. Uh, he's just recently opened a bar in London called Hatcher, a really fantastic place, which we're going to talk about today. And what's quite exciting is last week, his cocktail, the Mirror Margarita, won the Class Bar Award for Cocktail of the Year. So it's a pretty cool episode. Um, sit back and relax on this one. Um, learn all things agave. And if you listen out to the end of the show, we'll tell you who's coming on next. As always, please subscribe, like, share, uh, give us some love on Patreon so you can follow and join the community. And other than that, I'll talk to you at the end. Ciao. Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar, hosted by Christopher Menning, an industry expert, author, and bartender who's been in the industry for over a decade. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Dino, thank you so much for joining us today on the back bar. How are you over there? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So with all guests, we always ask them to tell them about their journey and their history. So if you can give us a bit of a rundown about who you are and your career. Yeah, no worries. I mean, actually thinking about it, it's quite a long, varied um, history that I've, that I've got. So hopefully you've got enough time to look at it. <laughs> yeah, sure it's actually quite scary when you look back at how long you can be doing something. But especially, you know, I think it's been a bit of a a nice journey because it's always been enjoyable everything that I've done and I, I started um, working in bars god this sounds really scary but the first, my first um, bar job was actually in 1999 um, and I was working in in, uh, in, in, in Paris wow. um, yeah I know I, I just am scared now I've just said it out loud <laughs> <laughs> um, but no that was an amazing experience and I, I, I think that that really set me on a path it was quite an instrumental manager that I had um first person that I worked with who it was uh, name is Vlad he was an amazing guy and he said to me uh I was just looking for a, a bar job actually because I was over in in Paris and and at the time I'd I'd written a, a small um very small um book that was published it was a poetry book and I, that was like I was over over in Paris having dreams of becoming a famous author as you do <laughs> as you do which then I was like oh my god this isn't going as well as I thought and I haven't sold enough books I need to actually get and and, and do uh, a bit of bar work so I started working in this bar called the Chesterfield Cafe and this guy Vlad just said to me one day he said look you know you're really good at you know, working behind a bar, but if you want to be the best at what you do, you need to do a bit of everything. So he suggested that, you know, it's like work in a restaurant, work in a kitchen, 
you know, be a restaurant manager, be a bar manager, you know, work your way up in the kitchen. And he said, and then you'll become really good at at understanding everything that you need uh, in this industry to make it really work. And so I kind of took that on board. I didn't know at the time, obviously, that it was, you know, just how important that was going to be. But I did do that. I, I worked primarily as a bartender, but I made sure that I did pretty much everything else as well. So um, from there, I traveled around Europe, working in various different bars, Prague to Vienna and obviously Paris and then back to the UK. I went to my home uh, town of Birmingham, if you can't tell by my accent, which is a bit of a hybrid <laughs> accent these days. But, um, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so I went back uh, to Birmingham and then I started working in, in, in bars there and managing bars. Um, and I progressed quite quickly to become the general manager of a, a, a place called uh, Via Vita, which was incredible it was i was thinking actually thinking about vivita yesterday and the fact that it was such a a huge step up for what i was doing it, we had three three floors three bars uh three restaurants two outside terrace areas that held uh, probably about 70 to 80 people uh and i was general manager of there after probably about 18 months or so 19 months of no maybe 18 months or two years of, of actually starting bartending so that was uh, pretty pretty crazy and then uh, I left there moved down to Brighton and when I was in Brighton I managed and worked as a bartender in probably around 20 different venues not because I wasn't good and I was being moved on but because I worked, I worked for uh, well that's what I was told anyway but um, <laughs> I, I worked for a big company and they had a lot of sites so they moved me around to be a multi-site manager um, and that they that that included like nightclubs uh, cocktail bars pubs etc so really great experience in that I did that for quite a few years and Brighton so if you've been to Brighton or if you've ever spent any time down there actually um before you go on yeah I, I went to uni there I worked there for a little while so I know Brighton oh, very well <laughs> yeah so do you know what I mean so when I was there in Brighton is one of those places where and you'll probably understand what I mean is that like I don't I cannot understand how 10 years went so quickly, but it's so it's so easy to get, I don't know, drawn into that lifestyle of, of being in Brighton because the pace of life was great. You know, the, the, you know, the way that you sort of live your life on a day to day basis is incredible. You know, going to work and walking along the beach to, you know, along the seaside to on, on the beach side to, um, you know, to your bar is great. <laughs> it doesn't really get much better. Uh, and then obviously it's summertime, you know, just having the dynamics changing in summertime and you have a load of people coming down um you know holidaying and, and touristing um to how different it was in the, in the winter it was a really great place it was an amazing experience and i i, I kind of feel like I, I stayed there a few years too long but i was the plan was that literally i went down for a weekend and i stayed for 10 years <laughs> <laughs> i think that generally happens to a lot of people actually I know I've heard that it's happened to a few people so but that was great fun and it was a really good experience working down there and then I started doing uh, some brand ambassador work first working for a a company uh, called Ray and Nephew Mm -hmm. I I worked uh, as a part-time brand ambassador for Ray and Nephew Rum for five years while I was there Um, I also did some brand ambassador work for Grosch, uh, Grosch Lager, Dutch uh, Dutch beer. Uh, I did some work as a brand ambassador for an Australian wine company called Banrock Station Wine. And then after doing those, I, I 
I kind of realised that my future was going to lie with being a, a brand ambassador, and then I started working for for Don Julio, and that was over a decade ago. So, and yeah, Don Julio Tequila has been, again, it's probably where it's maybe half of my working life has been spent you know working and specializing in, in in tequila so so that brings us right up to date uh, with um yeah with, with then the next chapter which was opening my own bar mm-hmm. i mean it's a great story and i think you know we're going to go into your bar very shortly but it's very much a or i could say a temple of agave in a way and you seem like the perfect person having all that history and what's the transition been like from being a diageo frontman to going back behind the bar it's been um physically challenging (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know that actually do you know doing double shift because i'm still you know representing uh the brand that i i love the most which is don julio uh you know i'm still kind of full-time doing that so finding the back the the most challenging thing is actually been finding the balance between the two you know obviously the thing that has made it easier is having an amazing team and having an amazing partner as well. My partner and my business partner um, runs a lot of, Emma runs a lot of uh, the back of house. She's a creative director and she's, you know, she did all of the interior design and she's an amazing marketeer as well. So that takes off a lot of pressure. The team itself uh, are incredible. We've got some, you know, great We've got you know everyone who's there is great you know we've got a great chef who's taking a, a, a bit of pressure off of that because as it stands we've spent a third of a quarter of the year actually have been in the kitchen uh, in and out on various days doing some chefing in there which is again as I go back to the first conversation I, uh, the first thing that I mentioned was how you know Vlad said to me what you need to do is do a little bit of everything because it will help you out in the future I didn't know that all those years later it would be helping me out in my own venue but but that's you know that that's really helped, and we've got um, a couple of great guys who are, who are supervisors, Yuri, Yuri and Vanessa, and we've got an amazing full-time member of staff um, called Harriet, and a great part-time bartender called Lucas, who's really super intelligent and um, great from a drinks uh, drinks education point of view. So, really helps having a strong team. The challenge has definitely been just fitting it all in, uh, but physically, you know, kind of off the back of doing you know consecutive you know 12 14 hour days um just trying to keep mentally fresh and and creative that's been a challenge but i honestly feel that it's just so it's so rewarding because it's something that i wanted to do but also just seeing the responses completely blown me away and um it's really you know apparent how uh, the agave spirits category is just on fire so that's yeah it's really exciting and uh, we'll talk about the bar now then. Um, so it's called Hatcher, uh, which originates yeah. from the axe with the same name used to split the agave. It's a perfect name. Yeah. Um, tell yeah. us a bit about the concept and uh, what people can expect when they go there. Well, the concept was was born, um, I guess, sort of in a long time ago in order the, the visits that I've had to many uh, tequila, and, uh, mezcal and agave spirits bar. And, I, you know, if I was ever going to open a bar, it was always going to be about agave spirits and you know, focus on tequila and mezcal, but then that journey of, of being involved in the category opens your eyes to other uh, spirits that are made from the agave plant, like the Rasia and Bacanora and Soto. This it, it, it's been a really yeah a bit of a learning learning curve, um, and, and I just wanted to bring that to people. And I think just the idea of of 
you know, when I've travelled around a lot, I've seen a lot, a lot of tequila bars. Um, I've been into probably more than more than I care to mention, but <laughs> it, it's it's been it's been great seeing the way that people have been pushing the category forward. But I found one thing that was very consistent in all of the bars was that there was a you know an unbelievable um, amount and array of spirits. And I found that sometimes, even for me, it was confusing to know. I don't know what what should I drink, where should I start, and I just try to put myself in in you know, I guess from a viewpoint of a of a casual uh, consumer who or someone who was just interested in tequila and mezcal but didn't really know that much about it. And I thought if you go into a bar and there's 150 different tequilas and 100 uh, mezcals, it can be a little bit confusing and not knowing where to start. So I stripped that back. The, the, the idea was to go completely against what I'd seen in all, the, in all the other bars, which, again, was a massive gamble because I didn't know if it was going to work or not. But the idea was to just, instead of having this extensive selection, just have 25 on a back bar numbered from 1 to 25. And those 25 agave spirits, whether it's tequila, mezcal, Rasia, Soto, whatever, they will constantly change and they'll constantly evolve. So when one bottle is finished, we'll bring it, uh, we'll replace it with something new so that there's always a freshness to the list and it's always something new to discover when people come in. But then most importantly, you know, it's it's how do you get people to actually try one or two of those um, 25 um, spirits that are on the back bar. So the idea that I had was to to make them even more approachable. So we pair them with what I call a flavour enhancer. It's it's something that's very specific to the individual spirit. So it could be, for example, I have to use Don Julio as my brand, but Don Julio 1942, we serve in a small glass um, alongside some char-grilled pineapple that's been soaked in Venezuelan rum, which is just, you know, delicious. Sounds it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's 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 lovely. Um, and then um, we have some milky bar, milky bar buttons that are paired with some mezcal and served with a mezcal as a flavour enhancer. So that's quite nice as well. Um, we also have some mezcal that's served with beef munster munch crisps. We have <laughs> uh, we have like anchovy stuffed olives with certain. Blanco tequilas, and then we, you know, it's it's quite playful. So they're all very different. You know, there's anything from, and also there's like some that are served with, like there's a subtle that we have on on the on the menu which we actually serve with a a, a driver move as well. And all of them, as I say, they're very very different. And what they're supposed to be is they're a fun way to to experience the the, the spirit, but it helps lift it and it almost gives it a HD version. So you maybe you didn't notice that there's a bit of creaminess to a particular mezcal when you have the white chocolate buttons, then you know you'll notice that smoke starts to change and it becomes a bit more of a sweet smoke rather than a, a woody smoke. Or if you have the beef monster munch, it brings out a spicy notes in the mezcal which weren't previously there, you know, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, it goes on. So and then you know it can be anything from dried apricots to figs to dark chocolate to to anything it's um you know very playful i think that's so cool and honestly it's it's so you know more people should be doing this it's great because you're still putting emphasis on the tequila you're making it just enhanced like you said so yeah how how do you go around choosing these flavors i mean that must be so fun just do you grab a load of ingredients and see which one works best yeah and and it is it was really fun but it was also quite it was quite 
at a time when we were before we opened i i obviously had a list of 25 that i wanted to work with straight away but i knew that um obviously i'd get through with a bit of luck we'd get through a few different uh, um, spirits and we'd have to replace those so before we opened i tried 75 different spirits agave spirits with with lots of different um i mean different parents and some some were just it's funny because some that i thought i would you know were nailed on to work just didn't work at all and it became really frustrating to 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 try and find to pull out the flavor um but i, I have a you know the, i guess the cheat sheet that i had was i've got a a huge chart of all of the different flavors and properties um that exist within tequila and mezcal at various different stages of production so some from you know uh, the raw agave flavor um some through to you know the flavors that you that you find from from aging through to fermentation to specific brands so i had like this information you know in the background of what sort of flavors that i wanted to to try and pull out but again actually doing that it becomes quite complicated because obviously every production um is is very different every production style is is different from the dis- different palenques and and distilleries that you know everyone has their house style so but knowing what to find and again thinking about you know what flavor do i want to lead with is it a flavor right at the start do i want to bring out the sweetness do i want the, the flavor to be you know front led or, or is it something that's going to be more subtle um so yeah that was it, it was it was a challenge and actually after a few months i realized that i was going to have to do more than the 75 because we started to sell they they became so popular we do the flights um we do a tequila flight of three different tequilas with the three different flavor enhancers um and then we also do a mezcal flight as well with the three different uh, flavor enhancers and then we also do a mixed flight as well and after you know i would say only a couple of weeks i was realizing that we'd get in through like you know maybe four or five bottles uh and then i was obviously replacing them with something new and then i was i was thinking oh, i'm going to get through that 75 pretty quickly <laughs> so i had to start working on some more so it's a never ending joy to 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 try but now my team are helping out quite a lot as well with with, with that because it's just um yeah it's 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 ongoing and we've we've changed an incredible amount of of our back bar in since we opened on May 1st so yeah it's, it's great well i hope it wasn't 75 in one city <laughs> no, no, it was uh, it worked, um, it worked, you know what I th- it was probably over a few i think it was probably over a few months but it, it seemed like it was, it just seemed like it was never ending. I kept looking thinking, oh my God, I've only done two or three. Because it's, like I say, some would be, you know, some would just like fall into place perfectly um, and others would take a little bit longer. I did actually try, uh, just un- once I was uh, judging um, a, a, like a blind tasting for, for the International Spirits Challenge. So I was one of the judges that were trying all of these different tequilas, blind, you know, kind of blind tasting. And um, yeah, we had to try. I think it was around sixty or seventy in one day, and that was just like you know we're going from blancos to reposados uh, to añejos and extra añejos. And I can tell you that it was an amazing night. After that, it was fantastic. It was like you know, even when you're just sipping and you know sipping and and, and spitting out, it was just an incredible experience to try so many. Definitely had um, fatigue, you know, kind of, of flavour fatigue, or uh, by the end of the day. But yeah, it was that was a it was a, a great experience doing that. 
that's brilliant. What, what year was that? Was that quite recent? Oh, it was a few years ago now. I reckon it was uh, maybe five, six years ago, maybe longer. Yeah, but it was. It was. <laughs> that was the only time that I've 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 had that man. But also, just to you know, it was like it. It, it was such a for me. What was really cool about that was that even though we were doing a blind tasted, I could recognise the. And we sat like it was like being in an exam. So you sat at these desks and you're away from everyone else and you can't see the, the other judges, what they're writing down. But I could obviously tell when Don Julio came out, whether it was a blank in a you know, round of Blancos or Reposados or aged tequilas. And it was really interesting just seeing the, the faces of everyone else when, when they were trying a brand that you know, you know, you're just sitting there thinking, can't say anything, but I wanted to nudge them and say, give it a gold stop. But um, but all of them all of them <laughs> did end up winning gold medals that year anyway. So obviously all the judges that year had great taste. So that was good. That's great. And, you know, you've always been a fond, well, more than a fond fan of Don Julio. Like you said, you've been there for 10 years and that love has uh, really been shown from you being an educator worldwide where, where did that love come from i mean I, I don't know it's one of those things where sometimes and i had it, it's quite weird when you think about it you know don julio was born in 1942 in a small town in mexico called atatanilco and all these years later some amazing guy who was born in 1942 thousands of miles away from me being born in birmingham somehow we connected and through his brand and, and my you know sort of passion for drinks and it's quite strange to think that like you know someone yeah that long ago could this impact it has impacted half of my working life but it's just a sometimes you connect with a brand and you just you know the passion his passion his innovation uh the ingenuity that he showed throughout his career and the way that he's revered as a as a legend and an icon is so um yeah, I mean, that kind of appealed to me. But most importantly, I think that the, the, the liquid is amazing, that, you know, the different variants are incredible. And I just, I've, you know, I'd always been a fan of, for me, the things that I'd loved the most were, were rum, and, rum and tequila. Those were the two things that I'd always been um, yeah, very passionate about and, and really enjoyed. And again, that experience um, started with me. Tequila started pretty much in, in 1999 when I was in Paris and I went, had... Uh, it wasn't Vlad, actually. It was a different manager at the time. It was an American guy who um, just one day after work was like, come on, let's go out and drink tequila. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not in the mood for tequila. And he's like, no, buddy, you've got to try it. I've got some great stuff that you're going to try. And he was, like, really passionate about tequila. And his way, you know, we, were, we weren't going out shooting it. We were sipping it and enjoying it. And back then, you know, it was it was great. It was just really, it really opened my eyes to what tequila could be and, and how different it was to the perception that I had of what it was back in Birmingham. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I think it was just sometimes, I guess, brands just find you or you find them. Mm-hmm. And I agree with what you said at the beginning, the tequila category has definitely opened up. I think one of the big things which you're definitely doing in your bar is um, the sort of emphasis on other tequila cocktails rather than just margaritas yeah. uh, people are now being a bit more creative in the summer of 2019 last year you did a competition uh, for the uk to see what was britain's best tequila cocktail and britain's best mezcal cocktail yeah. can you tell us a bit more about that and uh, the winners yeah do you know what that was so 
that was one of the really important things that I wanted to do with the bar. I mean, I mean, I think it's clear from uh, that, you know talking today that I'm very passionate about Don Julio Tequila, but I'm also equally, if not so, more more passionate about the whole category. And I wanted to, and I have to say that a massive thanks to um, to, to Diageo for who owned Don Julio for allowing me to do this project because it's very. It, you know, I said from the start, this is not going to be a Don Julio, you know, exclusive pop-up bar because it can't be that way and it won't work. It has to be all-encompassing. I want it to be about all the whole category, all brands. And, like, we've done amazing amount of uh, events um, and hosted parties and uh, various things for, for all, a load of different brands, which is great. And I'm really pleased that that's happened. And with that in mind, what I wanted from the start was to have um, two competitions that really showcase the versatility of the category, but they were open to, you know, uh, open to bartenders to choose their own, to choose their own favourite tequila. I didn't want it to be, you know, let's try and find the best tequila cocktail in the country, but it has to be made with this brand. I wanted it to be really open. So we approached various different brands who thought it was a great idea and said, look, we'd love you to be involved. Would you, would you be up for it? Um, pretty much everyone said yes. So then it was open to uh, the bartenders. We announced it. And we said to the bartenders, you know, create your, you know, we're looking to find best the best tequila cocktail in the country, which we did on um, uh, Tequila Day um, in, in July. And then we did the same thing um, for Mexican Independence Day in September uh, for the Mezcal. So the idea, as I say, was just trying to find the best tequila cocktail, giving, making it a category-led competition uh, instead of a brand-led competition. And I think... I'm right in saying that that's the first time that that's ever happened, um, where there's been a competition um, specifically, in, definitely from a, a small category like agave and tequila. Um, yeah, that it's just been open as a, as, as a category rather than just led by a brand. The response we got was incredible. I mean, I think we had sort of over 100, um, 100 bartenders, um, you know, submitting cocktails. I wasn't actually allowed to be a judge, <laughs> so I didn't judge it at all um, because I think it's just better to have, like, you know, my um, actually Emma judge some stuff, and then it was down to the bartenders, um, my my supervisors and bartenders who tried that, uh, Yuri in particular. So, um, yeah, and the same for the mezcal, I wasn't uh, a judge in that because I didn't want it to seem like I was, you know, being, you know, having any sort of allegiance to anyone. So, so yeah. Great, amazing, um, amazing success for those that, that um, the guy who won the tequila one, Mark uh, from Every Cloud was just, he was, what was really funny was when he won, the, the look on his face was just like, I don't understand what's happening here. Why, why <laughs> how could I have won this competition? And he was so blown away um, and just literally, the shock on his face but it was he's made he made a, a, an amazing delicious cocktail which um called tequila calling which is all about um blending the worlds and emerging the worlds of, of of mexico um and the uk together so very obviously being traditional um tequila mexican ingredient versus sherry uh which is uh which is used uh, and then also um um, 
Granny Smith's apple. So it creates this sort of um, cordial. Um, and so you've got this very English flavours of Granny Smith's cordial and, you know, and, and then that kind of works really well with with um, with the flavours of, uh, of, of the Blanco tequila that you used as well. Um, and then Gemma, who won the Mezcal competition, she she used uh, it, it's very it's a very decadent um amazing uh, concoction using a uh, dangerous uh, dangerous don mezcal which is a coffee infused mezcal uh, and then there's flavors of uh, dark chocolate um, um there's actually infu- mushroom infused uh, aged tequila as well in there um and it's yeah and, and also um i think there's a vermouth in there as well so it's a really it's after we serve it with a, little, with a little bit of dark chocolate it's a very decadent after dinner cocktail and it's proved so popular um so both of them have worked really well now they're up there with our you know our, our front seller uh they're in the top three sellers um for us as well so so it's great and again same thing with the mezcal it was about a load of um you know different mezcal brands that we wanted to you know who, who we approached and they all agreed to be part of the competition so i feel incredibly lucky that it's happened that way and that you know we've worked with these great brands and they they what's been really cool for me is to see that they're all really up for supporting the category and you know that was a case of them saying when you you know whoever wins a competition so the competitions we've literally got back of maybe four weeks ago three four weeks ago so Mark, who won uh, the tequila competition, and Gemma, who won the mezcal competition, the prize was exclusively to have their cocktail on our menu. Uh, but then we'd also take them to Mexico. Um, so we took them over to uh, to Mexico and we went to uh, Mexico City, Tequila Town, um, and then down to Oaxaca. Um, and we went around looking at distilleries and palenques and, and mezcal and tequila production. We went to some great cocktail bars in, in Mexico City as well. Um, so they just, both of them said it was the best trip that they'd uh, ever been on and, and they really enjoyed it. And we'll be doing the same competition again this year. So if there's any bartenders out there that really want a trip to Mexico, um, yeah, then yeah, look out and follow us. Uh, at your bar on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll be yeah, we'll 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 have the competitions again um, in July and September. Brilliant! I mean, what a great competition and the prize! Wow, I think everyone would want to enter that yeah. <laughs> to go to Mexico if you and <laughs> see it all. Yeah. Great. So what I'll do is in the show notes as well, there'll be a link to to all this, so people can enter when it's live. Right. Touching on cocktails, we'll keep with it. Yeah. Uh, Marguerite today and I know you've been working on something pretty unique do you want to tell us a bit about that yeah yeah no that's just it's been super exciting but also there's been so many points when I've been like oh my god why did I decide to do this what was I thinking so we had uh, we've had um one of our I mean the best seller on our menu is our, our mirror margarita cocktail which I created last year and it the idea with everything on our menu was to to create something that is you know, I wanted it to be, as I said before, actually to be really approachable um, and for people to come in and discover, which happens a lot. We get a lot of customers in who've never really tried mezcal before or tequila, but they're just intrigued and they want that, you know, they want to try it. So I wanted the cocktails to be very familiar in name, uh, but different in appearance um, and obviously in taste as well. So, you know, we have um, a spritz on the menu, but it's a mezcal spritz, which is made with uh 
you know, it's made with vermouth, but then make a homemade rainbow carrot cordial, uh, top it up with uh, coriander soda water. We have a white um, Negroni as well on the menu. Um, so that's just a little, you know, a little bit different to what people expect. And we also have our Mira Margarita, um, again, which is our signature serve, and that is crystal clear. So when it's served, it actually looks like a, a glass of water that's served with, you know, on the rocks with some ice. Um, and that has become really popular. I think we sold somewhere in the region since we opened on the 1st of May, we sold about over 5,000 uh, Mira Margaritas, and we've also done about five five to six hundred for for outside events uh, and then we also sell it by the bottle uh, as well and we've sold an amazing amount of those in in uh, November and December so that that cocktail is you know people look at it and they think you know how is this going to taste like a margarita because it looks like a glass of water uh, but you have the complexity and all the flavors that you'd normally find in a margarita um, within this cocktail and because it's been so successful, I wanted to play around with that a little bit more. Um, so I had the idea of creating five versions of this crystal clear margarita. So, um, you know, I guess it's like sometimes people like, you know, a straight up cocktail. Sometimes they like a sparkling cocktail. Sometimes they like a long cocktail. Um, and, you know, sometimes people like something a little bit more boozy. So the idea was to create five versions um, that, that, could represent you know five different styles of cocktails if you like so you know it's a highball there's a, a stirred down one there's one that's served straight up um, and then you've got the classic um, cocktails as well and also we have a, a barrel aged um, a barrel aged version of the margarita mirror margarita as well which is crystal clear as well which the two that were probably the most challenging I have to say so we've got the tequila uh, version of the the mirror margarita and there's a mezcal version of the mirror margarita as well and then um the highball version which i wanted to be which is going to be an introduction into the seasonal variations of the mirror margarita which we'll do from the which we will have continually from the 22nd of february and this one is uh this took a long long time even though it sounds quite simple but this the highball one is eucalyptus um and and mint and it's served yeah long and refreshing i'm kind of in my head i'm already in spring so that's what i was thinking spring flavors um and then the other two as i say were really challenging was the barrel aged um margarita mirror margarita with, with mezcal at its base getting that clear again without losing any of the you know going filtering it but trying to retain the flavor was quite challenging um so i worked out a way of actually bringing the best of both worlds so it's a little bit of a a blend with the original but it's it's it works fantastic but the other one that was really challenging was the lagerita um the crystal clear um mirror margarita lagerita and i actually quite like the title mirror margarita lagerita quite fun it's, it's a great title <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, that, that was fun lagerita is that that's not with lager beer yeah it is yeah so don't worry yeah, how did you do that yeah exactly that was such a pain to do um so the the, the classic lagaritas essentially is like i mean obviously it's it's been done in many ways where you know it's kind of like a little lager floated on the on the top of a margarita um can be frozen uh, margarita with a float of of lager on it, it can be a lag uh, a margarita with um you know sometimes they can be done quite crudely with like you know a bottle of 
um, of beer tipped upside down and poured into the into the margarita. Um, but I'm just quite was I, I like the flavor combination and it's something that you know you see quite a lot in in Mexico. People will have a beer and they'll sip tequila. Uh, they'll sip the tequila next to it so I quite like that combination of flavors so then I had to figure out how I was going to do it and it it actually Emma was my partner was like watching me go through this hell and thinking why don't you just do something else and at that point I was already invested too heavily into it so I just had to see it through but they took these creating these new cocktails took um, I'd say probably about three months three or four months to get them right um, especially the barrel aged one because that what I didn't realize was the different citrus uh, elements that I used originally but just didn't work with being in a barrel so I had to go back and re uh, you know to change the citrus levels to, to change the type of, of sugars that I was using um, and then obviously when you're aging something in a barrel you only really get the answer once you've finished aging so it's you know have to wait three or four weeks later to find out that it's failed it was <laughs> it was a bit like oh no <laughs> so, i've been there before yeah <laughs> so uh, that that was a bit of a change but equally fun but some of them were like i mean some of them were not you know were not great at all and i was thinking oh my god maybe i've bitten off a bit too much here but yeah they're, they're great it's really exciting to have as say five different versions of this cocktail um and you know all served in different glasses so they all look different but they one consistent thing is that they are um clear in the, in their appearance and, and probably have more layers of flavor than you'd imagine when you look at something that's crystal clear well i can't wait to try them yeah. really they sound fantastic thank you no <laughs> so, i'm yeah. really excited by it really excited so they'll be available from uh the 22nd of, of, of february for uh, for five weeks only and then um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll look to to do something with a mira margarita menu a little bit later on uh in in the year but yeah so where can we find you in london if people want to come to hatcher so Atcha is um, in uh, Dalston, uh, so we're in East London. And actually, I'll get told for saying that we're in Dalston because some of our locals go, no, no, we're Haggerston. But um, <laughs> <laughs> people get proud, right? Yeah, 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 really proud. And like, no, you have to say it right. So let me say that we're in between Dalston uh, and Haggerston to keep everyone happy. But it's not far. Uh, we're on the Kingsland Road. We're not too far up from, um, yeah, Shoreditch High Street, you know, um, I walked up from Shoreditch High Street the other day, actually, and it takes about 10 to 15 minutes walk if you're around there, so it's not far. Um, and, yeah, we, we're, we're up there. Um, we've got some other people are fans of amazing um, cocktails. I'm sure they are. Three Sheets is just up the road from us. It's about five-minute walk from us. Um, we've got Untitled up the road as well. And Untitled's great. Yeah, yeah we're just around. Yeah, we're just around the corner. So we've got a five-minute walk from there. We're just on the same strip as the Haggerston Haggerston pub. So yeah, easy to find. Perfect. Well, that's all from us then. Thank you for coming on the show. We're really excited about Hatcher and what's coming up. Thank you. And uh, we wish you all the best for 2020. Really. Thank you very much. It's really exciting. It's uh, going to be a great year, and there's yeah, there's there's a lot more to come from Hatcher. So yeah, watch your space. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Dino, thanks very much, yeah. I'll talk to you Thank soon. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that was it. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, if you have a comment, please send me an email. Uh, anything else, you can follow Dino, uh, see his bar in the show notes. And next week's episode, we have Tim Everington Judge.
This is the guy behind Healthy Hospo and a new brand of Calvados, which we're very excited to talk about. Um, Healthy Hospo is a fantastic source uh, for people in the industry who have problems with mental health, um, alcohol abuse, or anything like that. So it's a really good cause. It's a bit of a, a bit of a touching subject, but I think it's an important one we talk about. So I really hope you enjoy this one. I hope you join us for next week, and I'll talk to you all soon.